0: You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We are here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the Internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine, so be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your April 17th edition of the podcast, coming to you on a Wednesday. Um, And uh, in today's episode, we're going to touch about the big news of the day, which is Blake Swihart getting DFA'd. We're going to do that in Segment 1. And then in Segment 2, we're going to touch on the first game of the Yankees series uh, and with a big focus on Chris Sale in Segment 2. So let's get right into it, Matt. a huge day for the Red Sox in terms of news. Uh, Matt was hoping for a nap this afternoon, which didn't occur uh, because of the Blake Swihart news. But Blake Swihart was DFA'd and Sandy Leon was quickly brought to New York.
0: This was, like, legitimately shocking. Um, I was at work when it happened and somebody at work with I was not even a Red Sox fan. He just like looked out on his phone, and he's like, hey, uh, that Swyheart guy got DFA'd. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and so I had to like check my phone. I was like, what the hell is going on right now? Um, this is so unlike the Red Sox. Um, they usually stick to their guns when they make a decision to like a fault. Um, and they made a decision to go with Swyheart over Leon to start the season. And to see them switch, make this switch so quickly, it I said this when I first heard the news, it just feels so panicky. And I also said I don't know that panicky is bad right now because, I mean, obviously they're playing like absolute garbage, so maybe they need to panic. But it just, this isn't what I'm used to with them. I've totally caught off guard.
1: Yeah, I was too. I was shocked by the news. Um and I think let me break this down here a little bit. Um the thing that's most shocking about the whole thing is like you said, that they opted to go with this as the the tandem at the beginning of the year. And when we were assessing this ad nauseum in the off season, um me and you and I think Joyner when he was on with us as well, kind of all settled at the point where it seems like what they valued most with this pitching staff and bringing most everybody back was the defensive stability back there that Vasquez and Leon provide and the Game Kong abilities that those two provided. Because when you really look at all three of these guys, um, none of them have a tremendous offensive ceiling, and I think that that's what they valued with this particular unit. And for them to make this weird choice where they were going to go with Swihart but then pivot so quickly um, – It seemed really weird because shouldn't they have known that this was their preference all along if they were going to pull the rug out from Swihart if he wasn't doing you know exactly what they wanted him to do defensively or from a game calling standpoint like they knew he was a work in progress Um, and it seems like that calculus should have been made and they risked losing Sandy Leone by sending him down without any options as well. So, in a way, they got kind of lucky with this whole thing. Well,
0: I don't know if that's fair. I mean, Sandy Leone, I like what he brings to the table, but he's not good. Um, And Dombrowski pretty much said they knew he was going to get through waivers, and that's part of the reason they did it is they knew that he was going to make it through it so they could buy themselves some time to see what they had in Swihart. But... At the same time, they already knew what they had in Swihart. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't know what they thought was going to change in two weeks. I mean, I could see if he was saying like, let's give him three months and see what happens. That's different. Giving him three weeks, I mean, what are you going to learn there? If you don't like him, that's fine. I would have been fine if they kept Leone to start the season, but now it's just they had this depth and. I think that's what bothers me the most about this deal. It's not even losing Swihart or anything like that. It's if they get an injury now, they don't have that third catcher anymore.
1: I I'm, I guess I'm less concerned with that and more concerned with the process here. Like what was the what was the thought process in that room when they were deciding to stay with Swihart? Like what what well, do you imagine was their best case scenario here? I well, it
0: I mean, according to Dabrowski, they were totally split um and he made this he said that he made the final call to keep Swihart and then he made this final call to reverse it um they went out of their way multiple times today when talking about this to say the pitchers didn't come and ask for Leon back pretty much which uh leads me to believe that the pitchers absolutely gave <laughs> to them and asked for Leon back <laughs> I mean I don't think they would say it so many times unless yeah. like it's protesting too much so um i i think they just are desperate to turn around with this pitching and this is how they're trying to do it um like i said i'm still kind of in shock i just it just is so weird
1: yeah the whole thing comes is in a long run of mismanagement um i think In this whole saga with Blake Swihart, and I think that we've talked about that a lot. We've talked about their decision to play him in left field in 2016, and then him suffering the catastrophic leg injury that cost him a lot of development time. Um, We've talked a lot over various podcasts that we've had together. Uh, For those of you who've been listening to me and Matt uh, for a while, um, about all the lost development time he had. But some of this does have to fall on Blake Swihart. Like Blake Swihart just. Didn't um, He didn't make the defensive strides uh, that he needed to over the time that he had. It's not like he hasn't been doing this for a while. I mean, he's been a pro since 2012, really, uh, and he's been a catcher since 2012. So that's seven years of on and off time. Granted, there is injuries, but he's got 960 total innings at catcher, uh, and that's enough time for... Uh, Blake Swihart to figure out how to call a game effectively, uh, be better at blocking pitches, and um, frankly, the much-vaunted offense from Blake Swihart hasn't been all that impressive either. Um, And it's clear, I think, and we've talked about this as well, that Dave Dombrowski's preference is to be strong defensively up the middle. We see that with the tolerance of Jackie Bradley's off and on bat. We see that with these guys. Um, and I think that that's a philosophy that they care a lot more about, which makes it all the more confusing to me why they even entertained him for two weeks with this, you know, ridiculous. I don't even know what it was. Like, I don't know, show. You can't
0: I, you even know, call it an audition.
1: Yeah, I don't even. It's not. I don't know time. what it was either. It's it's just fucking weird. Um, the whole but way I, that this was handled, and I I think he was handled badly as a prospect, but the blame just it. It does fall a lot on, on Swihart at this point.
0: I, uh, I flabbergasted that you're saying this. Not that I disagree. I can't believe. You're like the first person I've heard say that today. And I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, you're right. It's possible for two things to be true at once. He was handled horribly. But you can't lean on that excuse for, like, his entire career. I mean, prospects flame out, it happens, and maybe Swihart's going to latch on somewhere else. I don't think he was ever going to hit here. I don't think he was ever going to be anything more than like a lower level backup in Boston. So, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing about all of this, is like, as crazy as it is, and as visceral of a reaction it's getting from pretty much everyone, at the end of the day, we're talking about Blake Swihart and Sandy Leon. Like, we're talking about two Replacement level at best players, and it's just not going to move the needle that much either way.
1: Yeah, and if one makes your ace pitcher and the rest of the staff feel more comfortable than the other, then that's the guy you go with. And that's what we thought at the beginning. It's just that's the the weirdest thing is that they didn't do it. I, I don't, it's it
0: makes no sense. I don't, I wish I was in their room when they made that decision because I'd be fascinated to hear that conversation.
1: Yeah. I agree. It just—it's totally befuddling as to how um, they made that choice and then this choice so close together. When us from the outside clearly landed on that the best choice is going to be the tandem that they have now and that they're going to have for the rest of the season in Lyon and Vasquez. So
0: well, not even that. I mean, when this when they first made that choice, I mean, our reaction was, well, they're thinking more long term here, right? So for them to change course in three weeks is just Totally bizarre.
1: Yeah, what they saw in those three weeks, I just, I will never understand.
0: Yeah, and he didn't even really play that much. It's just so weird.
1: Yeah. Well, the Blake Swihart saga is effectively over. Um, I expect that someone will claim him. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's prime. He's making nine hundred thousand this year. He'll some team. I don't know. The Royals came to mind immediately. Somebody will get him. Some rebuilding team that has at bats.
1: Well, when we come back for segment two, we're going to break down today's loss to the Yankees and talk a little bit about Chris Sale. All right, welcome back. So, Matt, wasn't a pretty one today. Um, Red Sox end up losing 8 nothing to the Yankees, shut out by an excellent James Paxton. But I think the biggest story and what we have to start with is how Chris Sale looked. So what were your impressions from this Chris Sale start?
0: Well, the velocity was back. Um, and... Uh, remember when we were talking after his first start that velocity is, we're overblowing the velocity and it's not everything? Well, we got the other end of that spectrum today because the velocity is back, but he could not, his location wasn't there. Um, he got away with some misses and he's, when he's got the stuff that he had in this game, he's gonna get away with some misses and that'll be okay, but not as many as he had tonight um the Yankees were hitting everything hard and eventually they started falling in um and i mean he's clearly frustrated he said after the game that he's that he embarrassed his family which i mean that might be a little extreme <laughs> but um, yeah he's just he's something's off it's yeah. got to be mechanical i think at this point but um i don't know i mean he he looked as good as he has. He was working at that quick pace that we haven't quite seen so far this year. But when you're leaving fastballs over the plate, even to a depleted Yankees lineup like this, they're going to hit it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he looked more comfortable than I've seen him look at any point uh, during And I year. think Leon is part of that for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think Leon is just a very confident game caller. He knows these pitchers so well, uh, Chris Sale specifically. Um, he did lean on that four seam and that slider combo tonight very, very heavily. He threw 33 of his four seams. Um, he averaged 95.5 miles an hour on that, got all the way up to 97.5, and he threw 46 sliders, um, which um, the slider he wasn't, I, I didn't think that he had great feel for a slider tonight. he got eight swinging strikes on it, but I didn't feel that it was one of his best uh nights it, with that pitch.
0: It wasn't consistent because he had a few that were like nasty but yeah he had I think more the majority of them were subpar by his standards.
1: I gotta say I can't remember a pitcher who I've ever watched as much as Chris sale um who Is able to just with a mechanical tweak, um, screw around with his velocity as much as Chris Sale is. Like, it's, it's just weird to me that a guy can go, you know, from averaging 89 on his fastball to averaging 95 and a half on it within three weeks. Um, and it's the way that they explain it, he got in the, uh, the sort of biomechanical lab that they have there at Fenway and tweaked a couple things in his mechanics and is now getting more similar extension to what he had last year and that's the difference on the the velo. It's just it's kind of weird. I've never it, I mean seen it, that.
0: Yeah, it kind of makes sense with the way he throws though. I mean, he's got such a unique style where he's coming from, pretty much like the first baseline. So um, he pretty much. I mean, he obviously isn't relying on muscle mass or anything to get that fastball up. It's all about that extension, so I mean, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at it that way, it certainly does. Um, he threw his changeup nine times as well. Uh, got a couple swinging strikes on the changeup. The changeup seemed to actually be working pretty good for him today.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know that he really felt great about it, though, because... I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't be calling it. So I feel like he probably told Leon, I don't really want to throw this unless I absolutely have to. Mm.
1: Overall, encouraged by it or still confused?
0: I'm definitely confused. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know how you can't, how you could be anything but confused. Um, I mean, I guess I feel a little better just because the stuff was there, but it's not not a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Sixth I still think the, match. yeah, I still think the offense was the worst part of this game, though. I mean, they were. packed I mean, you you said it. Paxton was great. He deserves a ton of credit. Um, he looked like the best version of himself. But the Red Sox, they gotta they gotta do something. I mean, this is absolutely brutal. The when Bogarts and Betson and Bogarts, second and third, nobody out, and they got Martinez, Pierce, Moreland coming up, and they don't get one run and it was a two nothing game at that point that's flat out unacceptable i mean at the very least put the ball on the ground yeah <laughs> like if you're not going to be able to hit it far enough in the air put it on the ground and get one run in i mean that was just that was a joke i mean that was it was only two nothing at that point and it felt like the game
1: yeah, um, this offense is going really bad, and I think the it was kind of the worst combo of things. You had a wicked good lefty on the mound in James Paxton, who's pitching just about as good as Paxton has ever pitched before, against the Red Sox lineup that gets eaten up by lefties and that is just performing about as bad as possible. So, you you get those things together, and it's just a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, and Marlon. Got stuck in there because Pedroia and Benatundi are hurt and they have the short bench and I actually have something going up tomorrow about how, uh, they, Pedroia shouldn't be on the active roster right now if he can't play, um, because with the short bench it doesn't work, but Moreland clearly should not have been in the lineup. He got, he was totally overmatched in this game.
1: Do we have any news on Pedroia as to what's going on with him? Is it just more need discomfort? It just,
0: it just seems like they don't yeah, I mean it's got to be something like that, and they don't want to push him, which is fine. But that's why they give you thirty days to rehab. Yeah, and I don't
1: know
0: if about you're gonna it. be playing. If you're gonna be playing with a three man bench, you can't have one of the guys on your roster only be available like three out of five games.
1: Yeah, that's not a not a situation that's very sustainable with Pedroya. I wonder if this is. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say it, but it doesn't look good for him right now. Sure. I mean, I
0: don't think it's the end or anything. I just think he's he wasn't ready to come back, and they shouldn't have pushed him so quickly.
1: Yep, same story as last year, I guess. Yeah. All right, well, that does it for our show. Hopefully uh, tomorrow the Red Sox can do a little bit better than 8 nothing shutout.
0: Can't be worse. Knock on wood, because it definitely can.
1: <laughs> That's for damn sure. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe to us so we can be part of your daily routine. If you like the show, please go on, rate, and review us and follow us on Twitter. You can follow the Locked On account at LO underscore Red Sox. You can follow Matt at MattRYCollins. You can follow me at, at DefJake. Ask us questions and interact with us there. Lastly, urge other Red Sox fans to also subscribe to the show. And fans of the whole league, please tune in Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be with you tomorrow.